Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. That's an official set, but it's more than that. Pick that one out. Welcome to Everton Football Club, Gilfie Sigurdsson. Right, welcome to our latest Royal Blue podcast in association with Sport Pacer. And we've got a couple of, uh, couple of regulars um, here. We've got Gavin and uh, Scotty, myself, Dave Prentice. And we've got a very special guest, or should I say two very special guests, because he's brought the uh, Europa League trophy with him as well, which is uh, outside in reception. We've got Leon Osman with us, who um, obviously knows an awful lot about uh, European football. And let's get it out of the way quickly. That goal against Larissa. That was voted goal of the season, I believe. Um, in what season was it? Two thousand and seven. Seven eight. Seven, eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can remember it in freeze frame detail, from yeah. the little back heel, from it being teed up on the edge of the penalty area to you uh, just fading it with the outside of your foot inside the post. Have I done it justice? Is that how you remember it? It's better than I remember it. Yeah. <laughs> Two thousand seven eight. Yeah. Wow, I know that's a long you, time ago. Yeah, yeah, that makes you think, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah it was. Uh, it was. A, it was a good evening for us. A special night. Yeah. All the European nights we had at Goodison Park. You know, all seemed special. Yeah. Uh, but that one especially so for myself with with scoring what turned out to be the, the goal of the season, which uh, was great, yeah. Was European football different? Do you get like a different, you know, vibe when you're going out there? You know, does the opposition make it different? Does the atmosphere make it different? Yeah, it does feel different. I mean, Premier League nights at Goodison Park are, mm. are fantastic, mm. but there is a different buzz, a different feel in the air when it's when it when it's European competition from just simple things like the the board being across the the front of the bench yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and the, you know just the, the hoardings, the different to show off the different competitions. There's a the music that's a little bit yeah, different. different yeah. So there is a different feel to it, but you know it makes it special. It makes it, it makes you realise what kind of what kind of night you're playing. You look at the opposition. You see you don't we don't get to do this very often. Play against this team from this country, and and it makes you want to makes you want to beat them more to show yeah. that you're better than them. What was the atmosphere like when you played in that famous Fiorentina match at Goodison Park? That, no, that's for me. That was one of the best atmospheres I've, I've sat in Goodison Park. What was it like to play in another special European? Even though we did get knocked out, obviously, but the atmosphere on that night was special, wasn't it? It was, and you know, it's, it's disappointing we ended up getting knocked out, knocked out, but we we won two 0 mm. at home yeah, against yeah. Fiorentina in, in in the cup, and you know what an what an amazing night. It's one of the the better memories. Mm, one yeah. of the, Probably top five I've got of yeah. of my playing career at Everton that night. The the atmosphere was incredible right from the start. The support was was there, inspiring us all over the pitch. And then, you know, to score the two goals that we needed to, we just felt we were going to go on and win. And you know, the I think there was a, a post and a, a whatnot, and we just couldn't quite yeah, get, get that, that third, get that yeah. third, get that win and goal. And it went to penalties, and you know, the rest of they say yeah. is history. It's funny talking about the atmosphere that night because. We've spoken in previous podcasts about uh, European football and whether 
we think the Europa League games are as important as the Premier League games this season, given how you know sort of mediocre yeah. the start has been. And the atmosphere on Thursday could be quite important because certainly there's been a real sense of nervousness uh, amongst the crowd over the last few games. You know, Burnley, 15, 20 minutes, it was great until Burnley score. And then you can just sense, like, you know, this mood around the place changing. Mm. And that's got to transmit to the players. And, you know, it must be difficult to play in a situation like that when you can you sense the crowd being on edge and being uneasy. It is. Um, you know, the, as you say, the, the tension that, that builds up a, a, around the stadium, certainly you can feel it on the pitch, yeah. whether you want to or not, yeah. whether you try and insulate yourself from it or not. It, it seeps down onto the pitch and... Yeah, it can make it more difficult, but special occasions like the Fiorentina game and and other top games, it's the support was just there. It was just yeah. it, was, it, it was as if we knew if we win this game, we could we could win this competition, and it was it was all down to that. And to win the game and not go through was was really disappointing. And but you know this this game on Thursday against Lyon, and then you know the 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 return or the the following yeah. week later and and the weekend game for Everton, it's. It's a big, big chance to for the, the players and the fans to all get on the same page. These next two or three games could really start the season off, and, and hopefully it does. Well, yeah, I was going to mention, you know, so our stats can change. I'm reaching for me, I mean, sad stats book here. Because um, I was trying to find parallels of previous seasons, and here, 2008, and you look at that start of the season, beating at home by Blackburn on the opening day. Go to West Brom and win, and you managed to squeeze one in. Yeah, I remember that one. Um, <laughs> got beaten by Portsmouth at home, 3-0. Yeah, I didn't play in that one. Then, uh, <laughs> won at Stoke, 3-2. But then, you know, wheels came off a little bit then. Uh, drew it home to Standard Liège, you were a very good side. I think Fellaini was playing for them then, wasn't he? And then uh, got beat away, so, you know, go out to Europe. Uh, drew, drew against Hull, 2-2. Lose at Blackburn, lose the Derby to Liverpool. You know, draw against Newcastle. Very, very similar situation after eight or nine games. The end of that season, we finish fifth. Yeah, go to the cup final against Chelsea. You know things can change. Now, I suppose for that to happen, you got to have players of a certain character. And you look at that squad there, and a lot of very, very strong characters in that squad. Um, you know, so Phil Jagielka, Julian Lescott, uh, Joseph Yobo was still playing then. Neville, you, yourself, yeah. yeah, you know, so Phil Neville. So you know, lots of strong characters. Um, some char- some commentators have suggested the current squad doesn't have the same level of character in there. Have you seen much up in this season? You know, could you agree or disagree with that? You think you know? Well, I I, I don't know what what it's like off the pitch. Yeah. Um, but you know that that year you were talking about. I remember we had a few players missing at, at the start, and yeah. I remember young Jose Baxter made his debut on yeah, the opening yeah, day of the season because yeah. we were we were that yeah. you know short on numbers. Short on numbers, yeah. Um, but the whole time off the pitch, the camaraderie was still good yeah. and. The, the jokes were still happening and the, the pranks were still going yeah. on and, and all that and it keeps you it keeps you upbeat yeah. somebody's got to be there to remain positive and and when things aren't going right have the experience to say mm-hmm. don't worry it'll turn yeah. it might just take one result and you know looking through the results there I remember we did struggle we, we yeah. played okay in some of the games yeah. but it took us to go to Bolton and I, th- I think it was a midweek night yeah and we battled and it was a horrible game. And we won right yeah. at the very end with a Fellaini, yeah. with a Fellaini goal, and suddenly that type of thing can yeah. just change your season. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we had a, a last-minute equaliser at the weekend from a penalty. That type of thing can change your season and and really inspire the lads. But when things aren't going right, you need somebody off the pitch to, to keep spirits up and to remain positive in the way that don't worry, it's all going to change. Yeah, because that was the key week, wasn't it? Because we played Man United on the Saturday, hadn't we, before and the Bolton game, 
and we got beat one 0 at half time. That was when the full Neville tackle on Ronaldo, oh, really, was, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, and then Fellaini equalised. Yeah. And then as Leon said, we went to Bolton on the Wednesday, didn't we? And he scored yeah. with the last kick, of, like well, last header of the game, wasn't it? Yeah. And then we kicked on from there. And if you have a look at that season, I think that I think we only lost four of the last twenty four games going into the cup final. And I said that last week is that that, that for me was Moyes' best. That's that's the best team we've had in the twenty first century eleven. You know, that two thousand seven to two thousand and nine team. And I said that last week, and one of the things was was, and it's a sort of like compared to the current current squad makeup is you were all around the same age, weren't you, Leon? Because you were mm. born in early eighties, you were like mid twenties at the time yourself. Yeah. Arteta, you know, Stephen P and our Jags, that's because you have a look at your birthdays, you're all born within the same year. So yeah. you have a look at the current squad, it's imbalanced to me. Is that we've got a lot of players age 28 and above, and we've got a lot of players really young. 24 and, and below. What we haven't got is that gap in between that all you were mm. at that time, no players at that, at like their peak, their peak mm. years. And I think that's something that we've not really addressed strange enough since. Since that time, is that we, there's there's like two different transfer strategies going on at the moment. One for the short term, the yeah, longer yeah. term one, isn't it? Well, maybe when them yeah. players that we've now identified reach yeah. reach a maturity, we'll hopefully keep them together and and they'll be ready for that. But you're right. I mean, I going back to my last season at the club. Um, you know, I was on the older side of of a career, as we all, we all know. Um, and you just started to lose touch with the, with the younger lads. You still, obviously, they look up to you and you have respect mm. and you still speak, but you become a father figure rather than a teammate. Yeah. And the jokes that you did on, on teammates, they don't work on the young <laughs> yeah, 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 and, yeah. And, and things yeah. just started to change a little bit. Yeah. And maybe you're right, the, the, how broad the, the age dynamics. gaps yeah. are yeah. within the squad at the minute. Maybe that's making And it's effect. not that those peak, I always say the peak years, about 24 to 28, and we, we haven't got any play. We've got people on the, on the edges. Yeah. But we haven't got met, we haven't got anybody, I think, in in that, those peak years, and um, but that team that you had, which I thought was a really good team, we did have a load in that mm-hmm. age gap all around. The well, same you look age. at you're looking at them that age or, or that time, and you're saying, you know, so probably from 26 to 28, 29 for for the majority of us, and I think we we were probably in Europe, or we qualified for Europe directly through the league, about four times in in five yeah. or six seasons in, in yeah. that period, and it just showed that we were. We were all consistent. We were all we played together. But what we also did have was, we, we knew we were all a big part of the squad. We knew, yeah. you know, I, I might get injured for a week or two weeks, and someone come in. But ultimately, we were all going to play a big part of the season. We needed to rely on each other, and you know, I also think you need that within within a squad. You need a big squad, but you need to you need to know you're all a part of the squad, not just fringe player coming in and out you need to feel a, a big chunk of it I, I think the problem I mean this season that you know I, I can see that you know that that team that David put together had a very you know firm philosophy a very firm playing style you always knew what type of football he was going to play got a bit of flack at times I mean the other shot across the park when you know so yeah. went slow in suggesting it was route one football it was direct and it was to a point until the ball got into the final third. And some of the football that was played was absolute top mm. class. I always think of Moisey's final game against West Ham at Goodison. And uh, West Ham were a decent side then. No, and, oh, it was just, some of the football was sublime. Yeah. It was great. And there was, you know, an actual, you know, plan, a philosophy. Mm. And you can't really see that so much at the moment. You know, Ronald seems to be chopping and changing, you know, from a three at the back to a, you know, sort of yeah. flat back four. 
different people playing number 10. We had Dominic Calvert-Lewin playing right wing-back against Stoke, and then mm. he was played wide left, you know, Brighton at the, uh, the weekend. Just seems to be mixing it up a little bit too much. Um, no real shape, you know, so that you can identify. Um, I'd be probably more concerned if the manager was keeping with the same team or the same personnel or the same strategy. He, he's trying his best. I know he's on six million a year and whatnot, and he should be doing but getting better results. But I look at him, he's chopping and changing, isn't he? He's trying different things. I'd be more concerned if he was staying with the same formation, the same team. Right. He's not. He's, he's trying different players in different positions. And as Leon says, until it does work, we may. We may get a result against Leon, and it could be a spring yeah. ball for our season. But I just look at Leon. No one in the if there was some negatives. I just look at him. If there was some bad spells during the your career at Everton, was there any of the senior pros that had approached the manager and maybe questioned some of his alternatives? As I look at it now, and a lot of the, a lot of the fans are saying to me. Surely the likes of Yajagielko or Binder questioning Kuma, what's going on? Or obviously Rooney, a lot of experience in there. Was any of the senior pros when you were there, obviously asking questions as the manager when it weren't going well? Um, I don't know if it's if it's right for a player to go in and say what's going on to the manager. Yeah. But you know, I think there comes a point where the manager does identify one or two senior players he can trust and goes and asks their opinions. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure Moyes. When and just said, I've tried this and I'm trying this. He's in a bit of form. What do you think? And would just yeah, speak yeah. to the players about yeah. it. And it, it's a lot easier to do it that way around than a, than a player going and banging on the door of a mm. manager and saying, what's going on? Yeah. Um, whether that's happening with Ronald Koeman asking the opinion of, of his senior players, mm. I, I couldn't tell you, but um, I'm pretty sure Moyes did that throughout his career. I, I, I always remember uh, Unzi asking me once whether I should uh, have a quiet word of the manager. Got, got on well with David Moyes. He was... Because he was a new young manager coming into the yeah. uh, the the, uh, the football club, and obviously I've been doing the job for so long, I think you know I could give him a little bit of insight into you know some things I'd seen at the club. Mm. I remember Unzi pulling me and saying, "Look, I have a word with him." You know, so you know he's pu- pushing us too hard on the training pitch. You know, he's trying too hard. And was being played United, and I got beat four three. Remember, we were three 0 yeah, down. Yeah, got yeah. back to three, and got beat four three. And I went to Birmingham in midweek and got battered three 0 oh. And I, I forget. The actual circumstances, it was somebody's, was it somebody's stag weekend, was it Kevin's, and he wanted to go away somewhere, and uh, Moyes had like, you know, no, it's not happening, you're not doing it. And I just tried to very gently broach the subject and said, <laughs> you know, so look, you know, some of the lads think that you're pushing them too hard, you know, maybe you should try and ease up on them. And he just slaughtered me. I won't use the language that he used then, yeah. but he just took me to pieces and said that if we hadn't just gone to Birmingham and been battered 3-0 and they weren't trying to go on this, you know, piss up somewhere. You know, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. it wasn't going to happen. You know, so <laughs> so I, can, I can understand a reluctance to approach the manager. Yeah. <laughs> well, Moyes was a believer things. in, uh, you know, with regards to working uh, too hard and with regards to characters yeah. and... And how hard you work, the runs you did in the training field. Like pre-season was ridiculously hard on yeah. David Moyes. Some of the things, once the fitness coaches came in and your sports scientists, they would say, look, what are you running that? That's impossible for athletes and you're making them run that. And he said, I'm not doing it to get them fit all the time. So I'm doing it to see which ones have got the character, which ones will dig it out, yeah. 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 which ones, when they're up against it, will go, oh, my back's sore, oh, yeah. there's my knee, I can't yeah. finish this run. Yeah. And which ones, even though they can't do it, will finish it. He said, yeah. no, I do, I do this half the time to see which ones have 
characters I can rely on. That's great yeah. psychology, that. Yeah. yeah. And to be yeah. fair, when you look back, you're like, oh yeah, yeah. you know. And you can Builds you look on. back and you think, well, he always finished it. He always finished it. He always finished it. I mean, I finished it, but I was never in time. <laughs> 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 but I finished the race. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's one of the things where he come back and he relied on yeah. you. Well, it's funny because David was always renowned for like looking into players' backgrounds. He always got the unfair reputation, I thought, Dither and Davey, because he took too long in the transfer market. But for me, that was because he wanted to know absolutely everything about the player, about how he lived his life, about his background, about you know fitness yeah. levels, everything, before he finally would make a decision. And you sometimes, I'm thinking at the moment, some of the players that you know, so we've got on board, you know, so maybe. I wouldn't say Ronald hasn't gone into it in that level of detail, you know, so clearly they've looked into the backgrounds and stuff, but too many, you know, seem to be struggling to adapt all at the same time. And I wouldn't question the character, but, you know, certainly a lot of the players that have come in from, you know, uh, continental football are taking one look at the Premier League and thinking, oh my God, you know, so what's this? Mm. Davy Klassen struggled to adapt mm. to it. Sanjo just looks, you know, sort of lightweight Lost, at the moment. Mm. Uh, because it is, it's a very unforgiving environment, the Premier League. And for me, I think it's very different uh, to, you know, so, you know, what you see on the continent, you know, it's more intense, it's more physical. Maybe in Europa League football, you know, you'll see maybe, you know, not yeah. quite as aggressive, not quite as intense. Yeah, because, like, that's 2008-9 season, that's when Fellaini came in, wasn't it? And he spent most of his first season getting booked, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. if you remember, though, he could play. He, I guess I thought he, you know, again, foreign, foreign well, players, I think, tried to show that they yeah. can handle physicality. At the, time, at the time, yeah. he came in as a holding midfielder yeah, 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 and yeah. tried yeah. his best for himself about but it was quickly realised he can't play that role <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and it took him a little bit to adapt maybe six months and suddenly we found actually he's a pretty good number 10 yeah, in the, yeah, the way yeah, we want to play yeah. the way he holds the ball yeah. up and brings people into play so some you know some players just need to adapt and find they're good players yeah. but maybe the role they did for a, for a club on the continent isn't the role that they can do over yeah. here in the Premier League mm. and, Takes a while to find that out. Jack's first game was centre, wasn't he? Defensive midfield, and he played played right back. Jack came games. on at a number, was a number ten. <laughs> yeah. I swear to God, last ten minutes yeah. down, I think, I think it was White Hart Lane, and we oh, were winning. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, come yeah. on at number ten, and yeah. he just ran around like a, <laughs> like an excited <laughs> dog. That's what you made your debut, wasn't it, Leon? Wasn't you? White Hart Lane, yeah. It wasn't what? Thanks to Richard Wright in the warm-up, wasn't it? Thanks, Rich. Thanks to that. I was at the Espen Barton game. Yeah, was that Came in, yeah, and we lost. 4-3, Brian yeah. McBride put us 1-0 up after yeah, a minute, yeah, yeah. Yeah. it's crazy, mad game, Ibrahim Saeed got on the bench before me that game, before he died his hair, but I came yeah. on at the very end yeah. to uh, make yeah. my debut, I touched it up once I think with my head yeah. and, and ran round like a, like, like an excited little kid, yeah. Yeah. The other day Jack's game, you scored in that game didn't you? In the first half. I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was a, a good memory that we got that. It was a good start of the season, that one. Yeah. We, we won our own to Wigan, went to White Hart Lane, where we hadn't really won before, 1-3-1. One, one. Stubbsy yeah. scored a free kick as well. And yeah. I can't remember who else got the, the, the other goal. Scott scored, didn't he? Maybe Jolene yeah. scored, because he was on a bit of a streak back yeah. then. But Yeah, good good ground for us, White Hart Lane. Leon, is the, is the a moment that throughout your Everton career that you'd love to revisit one more time? Uh, a game I'd like another crack at the FA Cup final yeah. considering we got all the way there and it, it was baking and we didn't put on the, the performance we we wish we, we could have um, games there's, there's a few games the quarterfinals against Wigan mm. the uh, the first leg at Fiorentina to uh, two nil away only for me to <laughs> don't want this to sound too bad but to, to say to David Moyes we don't need to go chasing that second goal <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, one nil's yeah. fine but yeah, we yeah. ended up taking off a midfielder and putting a striker on with 10 minutes to so go one yeah. nil down because we felt we needed the goal where yeah. we didn't yeah. because but that was a learning curve of European yeah. football, football yeah. I think I think 
you know, when you read like about the 2009 Cup final and a bit of stick, and always gets a bit of stick. It's what people forget is like we were missing that day. We had no no Jags, no Arteta or Yakubu no for the start. You know, and that's a bit like Chelsea having no John Terry, Lampard, and Drogba, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And people forget about that that we had like three key players through the middle of the pitch. Yeah. Or missing well, like, we, you know. We'd identified Fellaini was a, was a number 10 at that point. Yeah, he yeah. had to play deep midfield. Him and, yeah. I think it was him and Phil Neville with yeah. Kale in front of them. And, you know, I, I, as you've just said, that's not the role that was going to mm. get the best because out of him. Yeah. And it's, it's upsetting that we didn't have a full-strength team when we got to the FA Cup final, but it's just a crazy game. And we some really good teams along the way, oh, didn't we? Bit, to yeah. get yeah. to we had a really good run, I mean... Yeah. And I think that we had the ridiculous record of no player scored twice on the route to the final. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everyone scored one goal. So. It was statistically the hardest run, wasn't it, for the cup final? Yeah. Because I think we played four. It was a four at the top four, four three at the top that's four. The that's, the, that's the Everton way, isn't it? We beat Liverpool, hadn't we, and Aston Villa, yeah. and obviously Manchester United in the semi, and then obviously Chelsea, Chelsea in the final. Yeah. But bringing it forward, I mean, can we do that at Chelsea in the Carabao Cup this season? I mean, looking at the next run of games coming up, it's like a really, really, you could say, pivotal time of the season. You know, Leon, a very good side, you know, full of Champions League experience. It's then Arsenal at Goodison, you know, which is, OK, you know, that might have been not worked in Everton's favour. Troy Deeney coming out with what he came out with at the weekend, you know, because you're going to get a reaction, you know, after that, you would hope, from Arsenal. Then it's Chelsea away in the Carabao Cup. But, you know, obviously they're in the middle of a Champions League, you know, so schedule, mm. so they might make changes, which, you know, it's well, a good work in our favour. I think Chelsea will make changes. I yeah. think, I think the, their, their squad is thinner than you'd, you'd realised at the start mm. of the season. Mm. The yeah, yeah, strength yeah. and depth is, is nowhere near what anyone thought it would be. Arsenal, despite what Deeney's come out and said, I still think at their best they're still weak. I yeah. still don't mm. think they've got the character to, yeah. to see a game out. So it's, it, it is... And then you've, we've got this home game against Leon, which... Yeah. Three big games, all in a short space, but it could really be a turning point for our season. It might only take, as we discussed before, a, a tackle yeah. to yeah. get the crowd mm. going, to get everyone forward, or a last-minute, last-gasp winner to, to to get the victory that we need, yeah. And, yeah. and suddenly everyone's inspired. And you do that in any of these next three games, then the confidence should come flooding back yeah. because they're three big games. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's one player I wanted to bring up here, and you just sit down and behave yourself. But, you know, Kevin Morales, we've had lots and lots of discussions about around this table before. Now, the squad <laughs> is short... Help. No, listen. <laughs> the squad is short on pace at the moment. We've said that. There's, there's, you know, there's no real pace in the team. And Kevin adds pace, you know, so love him or load him, he's direct and he brings pace. He made a difference in the short time he was on at the weekend. It looks like, fingers crossed, Ronald buried the hatchet with him. Um, you know, he, he nearly scored a winner. You know, so later on, he got brought down for the free kick uh, that, you know, so eventually led to the penalty. You know him far better than we do. I mean, um, <laughs> you know, what, what qualities does Kevin have? You know, so he, he can finish clearly, he has got pace. Yeah, he's got skill, he's got pace, he's got the desire to score a goal. Well, it's a funny, it's all character, because one th things always stick in your mind. And for me, there was a game at Anfield, I don't know which one it was, because we've been battered there so many times over the last few years. But it was one of the 4-0 games. And he was the one player for me that never gave up. You talk about having character. And he just kept going, he kept digging in, he kept running, he had a real go. Now, OK, it's not something we've seen consistently from him, but that made a mark on me that I just thought, well, yeah, you'll do, you know, you've got a bit of character about, yeah. I think you know. that says a lot, Dave. Yeah. I think that says a lot that you just remember one or two games considering yeah. he's been there, played under three managers now at Everton. Yeah. And you can remember one or two flashes. No, I can remember that, a lot more than that. That's I just, what I'm that trying to say. He's been nowhere near consistent enough. No, he hasn't got consistency. Yeah. A starting shirt yeah. as of anyone. Yeah. And he's got... Do you know what? What winds me up more 
more than anything about him, he's got lots of ability. Yeah. Probably more than anyone in that Everton team, and he doesn't use it on a consistent basis. And that's what infuriates me. I understand if the lad wasn't good enough, but willing to run through a bit of water. I you, get all that. You've got, you've got to be played to show it. He hasn't been selected all season. What I'll say is, <laughs> Kevin Morales is a very good player. Yeah. Now, he's got a lot of positive things to his games, which are great, but unfortunately, he's not probably the bravest. Mm. You know, I think yeah. we'd all admit, I think he'd admit that himself. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. he's not the bravest, and, and sometimes when you're an Everton player, the Everton fans, we want to see a bit of bravery. Yeah. Yeah. So that works against him from the start. Yeah. But he is a good player. Now, under David Moyes, we brought him in, and he was a bit weak and a bit slight. Mm. But we're talking about adapting to yeah. the, the British game before. He did adapt. And in mm. that, by the end of that first season, not only was he giving us what he, what he can do going forward, he was tracking back, he was tackling, yeah. he was giving mm. us what he can, he was trying to use his body. And he really became the player that he should still mm. be able to yeah. be. Problem next was under Roberto Martinez. Roberto started telling him that because of Roberto's style of play, that he didn't need to track back. Yeah. And that, mm. you know, don't worry, you don't worry yeah, working we, all we so hard coming for, back. Yeah. We'll, we'll have other players that you use all of your energy going that way, mm. which is fine, but it well, isn't really good. Yeah, yeah, but it's not really bad yeah, because yeah, sometimes you're up against it, you yeah, need yeah, teammates to come yeah. back. And, and it took us a season to get that mentality. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm generalizing quite, quite a few players that played under Moyes and under Martinez, yeah, and yeah. similar players. It took you a while to get that attitude into them to be a team player and to, to be part of the team and get back. And if I need help, I'm going to get you yeah, back. Yeah. To under Martin, as it was said, that go and show us what you've got going forward. And and we lost a little bit of that yeah. unity at, at that point. I suspect that might be something we're seeing at the moment with Ronald, which is why he hasn't picked him uh, because he wants to see him doing it, tracking back. He wants to see him, you know, sort of personally. Doing I'd, I, I think he's, I'd have him in my team. Yeah, I would. Yeah. I think, yeah. for, especially, especially <laughs> now, especially now with he offers us, something us we haven't got at the moment. Pace, yeah. yeah, his lack of yeah. pace. I think to have him on the shoulder because he does want to play on the shoulder. Yeah, he wants to run in behind. He wants to go one on one with the keeper. Yeah, and he's very good in them situations. And I, I certainly would have him in and around and and as one of the if he's not starting. One of the, he's one of them impact substitutes you can use. He signed about two or three year contract, was it? Decent. Last summer. Last summer. So, yeah. so yeah. you've got to play him on that basis. You yeah. can't have him on the I mean, I can, three years. Yeah. I can understand why he wasn't getting as much time last season because yeah. we had Lukaku who could do the pace and he could yeah. do yeah. the strength and he could be a goal threat and he could he gave us all of that. But at the minute, I'm looking who's playing on the shoulder and who wants to run in behind and there's not that many who do that, but Kevin does. Yeah, who's the most talented player that you've played with at Goodison? Because I've heard different things from different people, uh, you know, about. I won't, yeah, yeah. I won't I toss hate, on him, but just, you know. I always hate this question. Who's the most talented? Well, if I, if I throw one I've heard quite a lot from people that might, you know, not raise eyebrows, but people always said Tommy Gravison, uh, what he could do with the football, you know, he used to you'd make people sit up and take notice. I mean, you're talking about top three, yeah, Tommy Gravison, Stephen yeah. Pienaar, definitely skill-wise. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. the thing is, and this is why I, I, I don't always like the question, Stephen Pienaar was probably the most skillful player. He had probably the best brain. But he couldn't pass it at all. Yeah, yeah, he had yeah, a curly yeah. toe. He was rubbish yeah, at actual yeah, passing yeah. it. Yeah. Whereas Tommy had um, attributes. He could pass yeah. it. He could ping it. He could dribble it. He could see a pass. But he didn't really have a brain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it, it's quite difficult sometimes to, to say who's question. the most talented player you've played with. Because, yeah. you know, there's some talented defenders out there who yeah. are top at defending. But their strengths are at 1v1s or, or heading the ball. So to combine it all into one player is quite difficult. What were your... Uh, you know, your time with Wayne when he was at the club. I mean, uh, you... Wayne would be the other person in the yeah. top three. Yeah. Um, even for the short space of time I played with him, yeah. um, he was in incredibly talented. You, yeah. You've seen he got a twenty 
seven million pound move. Um, became the player that he did. Yeah. Um, so you know he's certainly the, the third person I would have yeah. picked it in that top three four ability. But you know there's there's players that weren't as good as them, but affected the game just as much or, yeah. or more. Tim Cale, Fellaini, they affected yeah. the game. Yeah. Every time they went out there, well, both ends of the pitch, but they weren't as skillful as yeah. the three other players I mentioned. So it's a difficult question, but Wayne's Wayne's a terrific talent. Yeah. He still is now. He's still got a lot to offer. Yeah. I was going to ask you because you know when people forget this is that '98 was the youth cup final, wasn't it? First when he scored that goal, and because you obviously had the injury in that time, and because you're in the same England team. Was Gaz Barry in the same England team yeah. this year? Yeah, me and so, Gaz under 16s away in Poland. <laughs> share the room. But how, Good how frustrating was it? For that time, because I think, say, when you your first start, I think it was actually 2004, wasn't it? Was he scored, wasn't it? But it was at Wolves. So, yeah. like, I think Gareth had been playing Premier League football six years yeah. by the time he'd had his first start. And people forget that. How frustrating. And did, did you ever have, have your doubts in that time about whether he'd make it or not? Well, I would say he certainly got away from me with appearances there, Gareth, yeah, yeah, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, in them yeah, first yeah. six years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Made it difficult for me yeah, to catch yeah, up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did I have doubts? I don't think I did. No. As strange as it sounds, and it's it's a strange thing because I'm I don't like to be overly confident, or I've never been one to. But I just had this in a. It was just I'm delayed. It was, it's another obstacle I've got to go over. And but once I get my chance, I'm yeah. I'll, I'll be fine. Once I get my chance, and people have said, did you realise that you could, your career might be over with the injuries? And again, I didn't. Only when I look back now and I've seen other players, go through similar things and similar things and struggle. That I realised, yeah, I was quite fortunate or determined, whatever you want mm -hmm. to call it. Yeah. But yeah, I just always believed that I would, I would eventually get me, get me chance. But uh, you know, to have people around me, like um, even within our squad, Ryan Jeffers made his debut early and, uh, and got a move, and then Wayne came through, and yeah. then one of my best pal Tony, they both got in the team and stayed in the team. It was like, look, I'm telling you, I can do this as well. I can yeah. do it. It's just give me my chance, and yeah. it eventually came. Just fortunately for you, just like. Your first full season in 0405 when you finished fourth, wasn't it? Which must have been like a bit of a reward, wouldn't it, for all them hard years of not being in the team and stuff? That was like still our best Premier League season ever in terms of uh, places. It, it, it was like, see, you should have put me in the team <laughs> two years ago. That's what it was. No, it was, uh, it, it was a great time. It was, you know, we really struggled the season before. And um, the, the feeling without him coming out and saying it was that Moyes wouldn't be there that long at the yeah. start of the next season. Really it was such a, relaxed, such a relaxed pre-season. Um, obviously, I hadn't really done many up to that. I'd been away with the squad. This one was a lot more relaxed. He was more relaxed. Let the team go off and enjoy themselves when it was downtime. And, and uh, the next thing, you know, we got off to not the best start, Arsenal, oh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. they were still the Invincibles, yeah. I think, at the point. And then, you know, talking about things to start a season off, we, we went out, we went out away to Crystal Palace. Yeah. yeah. We were one nil down. I think AJ scored a pen. Yeah. Or got brought down for the pen. In fact, he might have done both. Yeah. And the next thing you know, their keeper tried to dribble around, kept Campbell, yeah, and we yeah. get a goal. Suddenly we're, we're feeling confident, mm. gets another one, win, and then you never it's look back. There, and seasons then. can change on one one moment. Yeah, it was that that that's the only thing that was a big turn point, wasn't it? Saints in Moyes' career. Somebody said that at the start before that game. So it was the, it was the earliest six pointer in, in football <laughs> history, you know. But there's one goal, one goal in that season. I want to talk about was. Uh, still one of the best goals I've seen at Goodison in terms of like the atmosphere was the Portsmouth goal in the uh, oh, yeah. the, the, the injury job. time yeah. so injury yeah. time at the Gladys Street end which 
which was which was incredible. Uh, David Moyes doing his Jurgen yeah. Klopp impersonation yeah. on the touchline, charging up and down. That yeah. was yeah. certainly one of my favourite moments. I mean, yeah. it was that's good. My first goal at Goodison at, at the Gladys Street End, but it was in the first five minutes, and you know, I ended up scoring another goal in that game. But you don't know how the game's going to go, so you enjoy the goal. But there's loads of games left. Um, I'd scored one against Southampton as well at last minute, but. Again, it was such a horrible game. Yeah. It was a boring mm-hmm. game that it was like, yes, we've won. But oof, that was a tough one to go through. But that Portsmouth game swung both ways. Yakubu ended scored, up scoring for them. Scored the he, he chased three after, in the, chased uh, after yeah. my flick on, yeah. which wasn't great. And then, uh, so to, to, to score that goal and the atmosphere and the way it was, it was it's what you, you dream of getting into the first team. You know, a, a goal, last minute winner at the Gladys Street end, and it was. It was brilliant. I one of, in fact, I've still got the picture up on, on yes. my wall. Was that, that, I've not, I've, I think I've only got that one picture in um, of my whole career of, of moments and of scoring yeah. that goal. Yeah. And the other game that season, because Dave was saying about like Moyes did play good football, but it's still one of the best ever performances I've seen. Certainly on the Roses, but we won three one at Villa Park yeah. at the end of the end of February. I think you scored a couple that day, and just remember, I was like real school of science stuff. That it was. Day, it like, was. You know, uh, but that was, that was, the team that that, that got us. I mean, we t- well, Tommy Gravison was missing that day. I think he'd just gone, gone and we just yeah, got Arteta. Yeah. It was Arteta's yeah. first or second game. Second yeah, game. Yeah. It was one of them, and uh, he fit into the team seamlessly. We had the team around him that had got us into the top four all that season, and it, everything just came together from Tim scoring one. Tim was unplayable pretty <laughs> much that day. He was he was everywhere. Uh, I scored two, and then. Even when we went and they equalised at the start of the second yeah. half, it was, oh, you know, no worries. We're, yeah. we're still going to win this game, no problem, and, and we did. Yeah, because he set up your goal, didn't he? Dribbled through about four of them, didn't he? And passed it. To, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, no, that was just because it was always a great crowd to go to Villa Park. We've spoken about this on the pod mm. before because you would always, as an away fan, always behind the goal. Mm. And it was like we scored two at our end that day and it was just I was remember just a great atmosphere and no one like I'd seen Everton like in the mid 80s thinking I don't still trying to you know that could have been the mid 80s Everton team there with that good that day the football they played was just uh, crazy indeed yeah yeah no it always reminds me of Goodison Park uh, Villa I certainly did then because of the the Archibald Leach crisscross design and everything it's got an old-fashioned feel so it feels like a traditional football ground a proper football ground how do you feel about the uh, the old lady you know sort of moving on three years down the line going to a brand new stadium on the the banks of the Royal Blue Mersey. You know. Unfortunately, I think it's time. Yeah, it's it, it's got to that point. Yeah. It's, the history it's seeped in is is incredible. Mm. The World Cup, the Dixie Dean, the top player, everyone, the the um, cup games that we, the league titles that have been, everything. But to keep up with, with we're falling behind yeah. with mm. in regards to modern day football, and um, it, there's no way of us redoing Goodison Park like the Spurs have done with White Hart Lane. Yeah. It's just impossible. So. Yeah. That means we're going to have to, to look elsewhere, and as sad as it'll be, it's it's like with the training ground. No one wanted to leave Belfield. Yeah. Yeah. It was that was seeped in history as well, and it was a great place to go and train. But times change, and you need to move on. And and once we did, and we realised it wasn't too bad, and you create your own start to create your own history at the new place, and and then you know the clubs really settled in. Right. Well, we always wrap these things up by predicting what we're going, <laughs> what's going to happen on Thursday. And we've been absolutely useless all season. But we haven't got one right, have we? Well, we can't accuse of being too positive as well. He can't, he can't win, you know. I think we all went for the 2 0 win at Brighton on yeah. Sunday. Look what happened there. Uh, Limassol, we kept quite close to. I think I said 2 1, didn't I? It yeah. would have been, but for the last minute equaliser. 
So, all right, we know Leon are a decent side. We know they've got, you know, lots of Champions League pedigree. But equally, they've drawn both their games so far. Drawn 1-1 against Limassol, drawn against Atalanta. Yeah. Um, you know, we need a reaction from the players. And there were signs on Sunday at Brighton that, you know, some of the football was decent. Uh, you know, could have been ahead before the goal. So, come on, let's... No, I'm not trying to influence anybody. Just be honest. What, what do you think is going to happen? Go on, Gav. Do you want to... 2-1. For me, we're going to win. Easy, yeah. I think we're going to win two yeah. one. It's it, it's a must win game. I think yeah. we're we're going to come out accordingly. I, I think um, they're a good team. They've scored in all the games so far, and I think yeah. they'll probably score again. But um, I just think we're going to have to wear them down, and at some point our season's going to get off to a fly, uh, going to get yeah. going, and, and hopefully this is the night. Well, if Ronald actually includes Kevin during the course of the uh, the night, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. we'll uh, we'll win. I'm a uh, I can't see us keeping a clean sheet, so 1-0 is out the window. But yeah, I'm sticking with 2-1 as well. So no pressure. <laughs> well, I can't say 2-1 now, because we've got... Uh, so like. got no, no. 1-0. Uh, yeah. yeah. Right, well, you heard it all here. Everton are going to triumph in fine fashion on Thursday evening. So cheers for Leon for joining us. No problem. Cheers, Gav. And we'll be back with you at uh, tail end of the week to you know, see how this up. Thank you, Cheerio. Dominic Calvert-Lewin has done exactly that. Yes! Oh, what a finish! That's what he can do. Calvert-Lewin's ball in. Chance for Rooney!